Okay, okay, we are live. I'm Carla Treadway. Today we're talking politics. Never thought I'd be in this realm. Never thought I'd be talking about pod politics on this podcast, nor politics with anyone at all, but here we are. Today I'm talking with Devin Thompson. Hi, Rachel. Give me a little wave. Success. Okay. You, you never know if that transition is going to go smoothly on Instagram Live. Here we are. We are blessed. Yeah, I can, I can hear, hear you. you great. Can you hear me? Okay. <laughs> we are blessed. That went easy. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm great. The sun is shining. We've had the coldest winter in Kenora and I didn't realize what a victim to the weather I am because the sun comes out and I'm like, yes. I'm a whole different person. When, so when, when the sun comes out, you don't want to stay inside. But then when you try to go outside, it's freezing cold and you want to come back inside and then you get the... <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we live in a, a pretty wild place here. I live on a little island. It's a lake community in the summer, but in the winter yeah. we're driving ice roads. Uh, so we're driving with snowmobiles and side-by-sides or like our regular vehicles. And this time of year, you're driving on the road one day and then yeah. the next day there's Ooh. a river there. So it's a little, uh, it's a little dangerous too. So never yeah, that, bored. That definitely does not here. sound like the life for me. <laughs> I like warm and safe. <laughs> yes, yeah, I I prefer those things too. <laughs> awesome, Devin. Well, I wanted to talk to you because I've been just loving the materials that you've put out. Um, everything is very grounded and very sane, but also very strong. And I. Personally, I don't come from a background in politics. I never thought I'd be talking about politics on this platform. And for the better part of my life, I've probably completely ignored it. And I've taken, uh, I've changed, I've changed because I've had to. And things are very, very different in the world. Maybe I'm naive, maybe they, maybe I always should have paid attention, but I feel like now is different and hence why you have normal everyday people um, using these platforms that they used to use for other things to talk about what's going on in Canada. Did you have, um, what What was your background before you started talking about so, this stuff? So we're in 2022 too? now. So a few years ago, um, that was after I came to Canada, um, after my son was born, uh, one of my oldest friends, his name is Anthony Ross, we went to high school together. Uh, he was in a community called Montego Bay in Jamaica, and um, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, he was shot and was killed. So that, that kind of uh, um, negatively affected me uh, mentally. And then something else happened around the same time um, in Kingston, where a child, he was like maybe three or four years old, um, was shot and he was killed. So I, so it, it led to me being um, turned off from the world, like shutting out the world. I deleted all of my social media profiles. 
I got off the internet and um, for an entire year, I just spent the time by myself thinking about, um, you know, like what, I, what could I have done, um, you know, to keep my friend alive? Uh, what could I have done uh, to prevent this child from dying? And I said to myself, okay, the best thing that I need to do then is to talk to the, the politicians, you know, who are overseeing um, the, the, the criminal enterprise country. So I reached out um, to one politician um, from the, the Jamaica Labour Party, and um, I didn't like them. Um, it seems as if they were just you know, out for money. They just wanted the diaspora and money so that they can win more elections. So I didn't like them. And then I found another political party. It's called the UIC. And this is a, this is a more of an independent um, political party. It's a small party like the New Blue or like the Ontario, Ontario Party. They were actually um, one before and they're not filled with politicians, just regular people like me. And I was drawn to that. And I was drawn to their idea that um, we, we need to have a government system that respects our natural right to life, liberty, and property. So I actually worked with them to build the political party in Jamaica. I was here in Canada while doing that. And in doing that, I ended up learning a lot about uh, Jamaica's political system. And at the same time, I learned a lot about Canadian political system because they are intertwined. It's, we're from the same quote-unquote um, colonial system um, queen in england in, in um mm -hmm. in canada is the same queen in jamaica so all of the stuff that i learned in jamaica i was able to apply them here in canada so i was working very very hard um in uh, in uh for the political party in jamaica then the pandemic hit and we were like, like things just didn't make sense things were just weird like um like why are they force, forcing this thing on us um why are they um threatening to fire us why are they bribing us with land with weed uh with gun with lottery tickets like like why are they why are they bribing us with all of these things it was weird and then we started to catch on to what was really going on and this was in early 2020 before a lot of people started to catch on we started realizing that the Great Reset um, was real. <laughs> we started realizing um, Klaus Schwab was mm -hmm. um, the face behind it. We started researching stakeholder capitalism, and we found that Jamaica's prime minister, his name is Andrew Holness, um, was in league with these guys the whole entire time because he kept talking about the fourth industrial revolution. But we didn't know what it was until we went and research what it was. And the fourth industrial revolution is tied, is tied to stakeholder capitalism and the Great Reset. So we recognized that and then we started to push back in Jamaica. And then we had a protest in um, September of 2021. And in that protest, the leader of the political party was actually arrested by the police. In so, the, so the government arrested their political opposition in Jamaica. Then things started to get extremely dangerous out here, where uh, Justin Trudeau started to, to, to think, think it was a good idea um, to ban Canadians from traveling. Um, Doug Ford was shutting down businesses. Um, you know, they were doing all of these crazy things. And I'm like, no, it feels as if I am fighting a battle in two countries. So I had to make a decision. It's either I'm fighting the battle here in Canada or I'm fighting a battle in Jamaica. So I, so I, so that's when I spoke to him and I said, Hey guys, I can't do this. <laughs> I got to pick to fight the mm -hmm. battle in Canada mm -hmm. because I, I believe that 
when you stand on guard for this country, for Canada, you stand on guard for the rest of the world. Because this country right now is the battleground for this globalist um, agenda that they have. And that's the short story of how I got to where I am right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's amazing. And and you're right, this is this is a full-time job. This is all encompassing. Uh, fighting for two countries would be next to impossible. It's, so I didn't see this in the beginning. Um, th there's two different types of people that don't see it for very different reasons. I was in the school of people that didn't see it right away because I was trusting. Because we don't have to worry about anything in Canada. It's Canada. We say sorry all the time. Like in the past, like conservative government, liberal, it didn't really matter, didn't really change my life in a significant way. Mm -hmm. um, so I trusted. Um, so I fell into that category. A lot of us are there. And then there's the other category of a, a lot of the younger generation, the far left liberals who really believe that we need to destroy the system we hear like you mentioned colonialism we need to destroy it so this is good so this is good this is the system being destroyed however what they're missing is we're replacing it with some sort of totalitarian communism which is not taking down the system it's actually making the system a whole lot stronger a whole lot bigger yes. and nobody yeah, so I, I so nobody I, i've been able to define so i i had trouble defining what this system was is it socialism is it communism um is it totalitarianism like what is it i had trouble defining it and it was only recently that i was able to define this type of system that they're pushing and i'm gonna get a lot of pushback from it because there's been a lot of confusion about what is what is on the left spectrum and what is on the right of the political spectrum so Klaus Schwab says that he wants to implement stakeholder capitalism and he defines stakeholder capitalism as an economic and political system where um, the stakeholders who are government who are um, uh, like um, civil society groups and corporations that literally become the overseer of human beings and the planet so they basically see us human beings and the planet as resources to be controlled so i had trouble defining that kind of system but then i realized um through more research that this system is actually fascism this is this is the real definition of what fascism is when the government wises up and realizes that communism won't work socialism won't work and they won't work because historically there's going to be pushback from the population when the population realizes that communism or socialism is stealing or taking away their property there's going to be pushback so what they want to do is to create a system where it seems as if we own things or it seems as if we opted into the system and that is what fascism does where the government now reg over regulates businesses so if the business, if the business, let's say that you own a business and your business decides that it wants to take part in the freedom convoy, then the government can basically shut down your business or nationalize your business. That's what fascism is. So they say that fascism is the smarter, younger brother of communism. And that is why um, mm. Nazism was so powerful. The only reason why Nazism was destroyed was because there was a world war.
if it wasn't for the world war, we would still have that Nazi system today. That is how dangerous that system is because it utilizes the economic power, economic driver of capitalism to maintain the totalitarian rule. And that is where Marxism comes in now because um, uh, like Hitler, um, uh, Stalin, uh, Mussolini, these guys, they were, they were all Marxists. And what they did was Marxism and mm -hmm. improved on it and they created fascism. And that is what Nazism, Nazism is. National socialism fused into fascism. That is what it is. I'm so glad <laughs> that you see this because this is, this is exactly what I see. And what's interesting about this battle is it's actually not even, like the government's not even our worst enemy it's the woke army that they created that we have to fight against. It's, it's the Marxist because that Marxist ideology, and I've been studying that for a long time, the language, the theory, that's what's been embedded and indoctrinated into our schools, into ideology, even things like simple things like cancel culture, like we're asking people to be, to, to accept more and more diversity and to be more inclusive. However, there is no um, diversity of thought allowed. You must say and do and think this, or we will viciously mm -hmm. attack, bully, and cancel so, you. So for me, it's a bit easier for me. And as I said, so, uh, um, when you were introducing um, me, that um, I don't, I don't, I don't recall the word that you used. Um, I think you might have used the. I don't know if forceful was the. Word. What was the, the word that you used? <laughs> I feel like I used something to do with liberty. Liberty. No, in, in the live stream, I can't recall or... the word that you used. But um, when I speak, it okay. does sound um, forceful because I do get straight to the point, and sometimes people don't like that. So what I'm about to say right now is going to be something that people don't like. So you see, because of color of my I am able to speak out a little bit more than you can. And the reason why is because they are hesitant to call me a racist. <laughs> because if you speak out against Trudeau, if you speak out against the system, the first thing that they want to do is call you a racist. But then, next step is calling you a misogynist. Now, because I'm a guy, you know, now that's where the problem lies. <laughs> so, so if I'm talking to someone that realizes that they can't use racism against me, they move on to misogynist. And if they can't use misogyny against me, they find something else, some kind of social warrior, social justice warrior word to use to silence you. And that is what they do. It's a form of gaslighting. And we intruder is very yeah. exceptional at gaslighting an entire population. So yes, you are right. We definitely have a problem are, are at war, mm -hmm. not just the government, but at war with their armies. But here's the funny thing. The government has bitten off more than it can choose. And the reason why I say that is because people are starting to wake up to the realization that they were being lied to. Stephen L. Duca had an event where he was wearing no mask. And his pro-mask supporters are asking him, where are, where are your mask? Where is your mask? How is it that you've been berating Doug Ford for two years about masks and all of a sudden you're not wearing masks? So when these people realize that Stephen Andrea Horvath, <laughs> Jagmeet Singh, 
Justin Trudeau, um, Doug Ford, and others lied to them, it's going to be what we say, hell and powder house. <laughs> I kid you not. Oh, as they just made the people so scared the last two years too, like watching. Okay, so we, I, I'm pro-choice, pro-choice. What You want to get 18 injections, go for it. You want to wear a mask the rest of your life, okay. But people have been adamantly, angrily saying, we have to trust the health experts. We have to trust them. Um, and, and, and just do what they say without question. Well, now the health experts are saying, you can take off your mask. What are they doing now? Oh, I don't actually <laughs> trust the health experts now. They don't have my best interest in mind. I'm like, well, what, what side do you stand on? Because you said that you were going to trust them no matter what. Well, their science has changed and you're still carrying on and you're welcome to. But which is it? Wait, right, do you trust them or no? When the vaccines, I shouldn't use that word, sorry. When the injection <laughs> was first um, in, in <laughs> mid to late 2020 when Trump was saying that he didn't get an get a injection out within, what was it, six months or something like that, people were saying, oh, no, that won't be safe. Um, that is rushed. Um, that sounds dangerous. Um, Trump is spreading misinformation. And then the injections came out. And then we heard um, Cap. Kamala Harris saying that she won't take them because she doesn't believe that it's safe or whatever it is. But then, soon as Biden became president, the injections miraculously became safe. <laughs> and explanations for why it was rushed or why it was completed in record time became a just explanation. So, the, the, so it's not the medical science that changed, it's the political science that changed. That's right. I was listening to something interesting today. Uh, they were talking about past viruses that have been just as deadly and worrisome, but they never did what they did now. There were no lockdowns. There was zero politics involved in the matter, none. And what's different between then and now is we, the people have allowed ourselves to put safety in, in the hands of the government. So government's always been in charge of safety in terms of like foreign influence or war. But this is the only time where we have said, government protect us in all ways. Don't let anything bad happen to me ever. And the government actually just does a very poor job of that. It's actually just not possible for them to handle that job. And even as things like change, we're seeing that like mandates, for example, have never made sense. They didn't make sense from day one. They certainly don't make sense now because actually the only, the only thing that's mandated is two injections. The same two injections that they have told us don't do anything for the variants that we have now. So you are mandating something and telling people at the same time that it's absolutely useless and here we are in the only country that doesn't allow its people to leave. And how that doesn't rattle people, like it, I get that people don't care about some of the people that chose differently, but the fact that they have such a strict rule that makes zero sense, that should concern people. Well, many things should concern so people. So there's this but... rhetoric 
they say it's safety over freedom. Safety must come first and freedom must come afterwards. So that's the rhetoric um, that they're living with. But the people who say safety over freedom don't understand history. Because there are many times in history, in African history, and in Greek history, what I'm learning right now, where people chose to kill themselves rather than live in slavery. So safety in the comfort of slavery is not something that I would want for me or I would want for my children. Freedom comes first and safety comes afterwards. So they would bring up the, the example of, of a stoplight. Should we be free to, to, to drive through a red light um, and, 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 and harm somebody else? And the answer is no, because freedom does come with certain responsibilities. But it's not the responsibilities that they're thinking about. The responsibilities freedom comes with is the responsibility not to infringe on another person's freedom. So you don't have the freedom mm -hmm. to not be infected with a virus. You don't. You don't have that freedom. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I can't know if I'm walking around with a virus unless I'm symptomatic. If I walk into the street mm -hmm. and I feel fine and I spread a virus, I did not spread that virus to harm you. However, if I am symptomatic mm -hmm. and I know mm -hmm. that I have a deadly virus and I head out there and I come to your home knowing I have a deadly virus and don't tell you, technically, that is assault. You know what I'm saying? So freedom... Mm -hmm. With, the, with, with responsibilities mm -hmm. but at the end of the day we cannot put safety above freedom and we have to know exactly how and what the definition yeah. of freedom is as a matter of fact I would rather use the word liberty instead of freedom yeah yeah well it's funny too playing into that ideology in that ideology people are not able to have these nuanced thoughts uh, and conversations it's very very binary thinking if you do this this means this about you if you are that this means you are this so in regards to freedom for example people are saying well you have to do if you get the injection it means you're a good person who like who will protect your community. And if you don't, it means that you're selfish and you oh. just want grandma to die. Whereas the like if you can break out of binary thinking, you'll see you can have individual rights mm -hmm. and care for the collective. Because all of those people, what do you do for a living? Are you a hairdresser or an influencer or have you given up your entire life to feed the homeless or be a nurse? Like, because in that case, I guess you're not putting yourself first. Of course, everyone puts their themselves first mm -hmm. in some capacity. Yeah, I exercise before I mother. Um, you know, we, it's both and. We take care of ourselves and others. And then of course, there's the, the nonsense that it never really did that to begin with. You can make your personal health choice and it actually has no effect. You're still going to give it and, to another person. And the thing person. is, and the thing is we did have a way to protect persons while being free. It's just that the government didn't allow doctors to do their job. They didn't allow doctors um, to treat COVID-19 patients with the correct medicine, right? So I don't want to call the medicine's name because you know what's going to happen. <laughs> so there way to be yeah. both free 
and safe. And that is why freedom is, is, is important because with freedom, you give doctors the ability to subscribe medication, of course, with the informed consent of their patient that they believe will help them and will save their lives. So you say safety over freedom, that means you're regulating away the power of those who can save your lives, right? That's right. And that's what's, that has, the idea of early treatment, that is what has red-pilled me this entire time. Anything, anytime that I've thought, okay, this is kind of crazy, is this real? I remember that, that if we are truly in the world's most dangerous pandemic, where is the medicine? Where is the advice on when you're at home sick, do this, this, and this so you don't die. No, it's stay yeah. home until you can't breathe and then come into the hospital and we'll put you on a ventilator. That's ridiculous. If I had any other virus or disease in the world, I would get some sort of treatment. And like the fact that they, uh, we have, I have that letter from the Ontario College of uh, Physicians and Surgeons saying, if you recommend anything other than this vaccine, even in conjunction with, for example, vitamin D, mm -hmm. um, you'll lose your license. How can we trust a medical system like that where my doctor who knows me well um, won't tell me that because mm -hmm. he'll lose his okay. license? And the thing is, um, the government um, is our enemy and their armies are our enemy at the current state. But at the same time, we do have somebody else to blame for what's going on. And that's you and I. Because for the past, um, I, I, I'm not going to ask you what your age is. <laughs> but I am, um, how old am I? I think I'm 32. I, I, let's, let's, let's say I'm 30. I, I like to say I'm 30. <laughs> let's pretend I'm 30. So I spent, I spent um, 20, 20 or so years of my life not talking about politics, uh, ignoring politics, just living my life. It was only within the last um, four years of my life that I started to pay attention to politics. So all of this time missed mm -hmm. with us leaving government on autopilot, uh, letting politicians do as they please, that allowed government to grow big, allowed to grow tyrannical, and allowed them to capture totalitarian power that they can use to control the population. Totalitarian powers that they are using to control us right now. So we have to get back in the saddle. And we have to teach our children as well why it's important for them to get involved in the political party, uh, in the political process, uh, regardless of the activity that they are taking part in. Uh, I don't know. It could be um, educating persons about um, politics, uh, I could be talking to your friends and family about politics. Uh, it could be um, running as a mayor, as a councillor, as an MP, whatever it is. It could be assisting mayors or councillors or MPs. As a matter of fact, it could even be running to become um, a, a part of a school board, something. All of us have to get up today, take part in the political process, because if we don't do it, someone is going to do it for us. And you know who is doing it for us? The quote-unquote woke left. That's right. And at the very basic level, at least looking into what your party represents, what they're doing, what these bills are. Because 
most of us we're we're busy we're we have families we have our work so we hear it on the surface we hear the label like well for example um universal pharmacare okay for the ndp so we hear that we take it for face value and say yeah there are a lot of poor people that can't get access to their drugs everybody should have that of course face value um, anyone would say yes to that. When you actually dig into what that represents, when you look at things practically, A, can we afford it? But I was listening to Pierre Polovev talk the other day and he was saying, we did that before. And what actually ended up happening was people got subpar care because most Canadians have uh, benefits through their work that was actually covering Pharmacare. There, there are some, there's like 10% of Canadians that were receiving nothing. But what was happening when we raised taxes to cover that for everyone, they were getting subpar care, like our whole medical, because we have a socialist healthcare system, subpar care, they were getting less uh, financial benefit to receiving their drugs. So basically, everyone yeah. just lost the same, which is communism is socialism we all just suffer equally instead of creating targeted programs for yes. those that need it um like this new ndp socialist ndp <laughs> liberal that's a perfect slip uh coalition this is so dangerous the liberals were already so far left and all you hear in the news is far right far right everybody's a trump supporter everyone's racist no one's noticed how far left we've gone and now with the ndp and the liberal together we're in a lot of trouble this is this is very yeah, because, very um, dangerous after what you're saying um you know with them making everybody poor that's basically um what they're doing um is, is so most people don't understand um the economics of it and they use our ignorance uh, to convince us to buy into these programs to buy into um, universal basic income and all of that stuff but nobody's asking this simple question so the NDP wants then uh, universal dental care right so nobody's asking the question okay why does Jagmeet Singh need free dental care isn't Jagmeet Singh wealthy um, <laughs> why, 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 why do the people that the, the richest part of society need free dental care why do they need it? Why do we have this blanket system all across the country? Why not, why not, as you said, target it to those who need help? But at the same time, you will live because you don't want um, people abusing the system. You don't want people um, relying upon the system. You want people to excel. You want them to be able to afford healthcare, to afford education to afford a home so you design the system to allow them to do that you don't design the system to give away free things because what's going to happen is that the economy is going to suffer um debt is going to soar inflation is going to soar we're going to lose the value of our earnings um we're going to lose the value of our savings i, I was saying to someone recently on my life that maybe 20 years ago um, you could have a, a household, a family, where one parent is working and the other parent stays home and everybody's fine. But no, you can't do that. And the reason why you can't do that is because of these socialist policies that have raised the cost of living. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and then they talk about affordable housing. NDP talks about affordable housing. Instead of addressing that they are the reason why it's going to get out of reach for everybody. For anyone that doesn't know the like difference between the parties, I, like it's very basic level. If you are right, you believe in small governments, more responsibility on the person. If you are left, you believe in big governments and less responsibility on the people. And it is my personal opinion, just my opinion, that when we are not responsible for things, um, it, it just doesn't go well. Like we don't value what we don't work for. That's not to say we don't need social programs. We absolutely do. But look at our uh, like teen generation right now. Look at our younger generation. Look what happened with CERB. When we gave everybody CERB, they stopped working. They stopped going back to work. That's what's going to happen under this system is we will create a useless class of people. And then with universal basic income, now we're all dependent on the government. And we have social support programs. What's the difference between those and universal basic income? I think the difference is this coalition government is going to bankrupt a lot more people. There's going to be way more people that will require universal basic income under this. There's going to be a whole lot of us with buildings that we, uh, businesses that we have to shut down. We're going to need that. And then what happens when they tie that to our digital ID, when they tie that to our health decisions. So here's the thing, like in regards to freedom, people that don't understand this, when they see people protesting and they see us out there, they think we're protesting because we have to wear a mask or we want to go to a restaurant. Do you think we would lose our jobs, our friends and our family, get lambasted, like you and I doing this talk right now, like we get shade. We're not, there's no benefit. No one's giving us money for doing this. We just, it's like a, it's just a battle. We're not doing this battle for petty, tiny things. We're doing this because this is a very, very big deal and people aren't seeing the big picture here. And it's not tinfoil hat stuff. It's stuff that you can find on the Canada.gc website social credit right there removing property ownership right there and a lot of us are so used to being taken care of a lot of us don't see the value in personal responsibility some of us say hey great i'll just sit back and collect um that's wow that that's what we're fighting here yeah so in regards to the welfare system their excuse for a ubi is to say that um, the existing social systems don't work, so they want to they want to replace these social systems with the UBI. So if the social systems that you created before, you uh, socialist created before, didn't work, why should we trust you to say that UBI is going to work now? Do you get what I'm trying to say? So they're moving us from one system mm -hmm. to the other, but again, they're using UBI as a trick because a lot of people are ignorant of the economics behind it. So the moment they hear a universal basic income, oh, I'm going to get an additional $1,000 per month? Wow, sign me up. But what they don't understand is that that $1,000 they're getting per month is not going to be worth $1,000 next year. So the value of that $1,000 is going mm -hmm. to drop and drop and drop and drop until you it until it felt like you never got a universal basic income in the first place that's right
Let's talk about what we can do about this more. So we talked about A, just get educated, like read these bills, find out what this actually means. Look at Canada's budget. Like, sure, I want to say free everything for everybody, but we're a trillion dollars in debt. That's actually just not a reality. What What's the cause and effect? Because the liberals are just like printing money, like it's unicorn money. It just comes, it's just free. We'll just print more money. That's not, that's not really a thing. So educating ourselves. We have three parties to choose from right now. There's a lot of people that are like, ah, I, I, I see the conservatives, but like, I just, I, I don't support them. I can't go there. So we have all these other parties popping up too. Let's talk about vote splitting or voting right. Cause this is a really like heated issue for people too. What do I do? Do I vote conservative? Do I vote for the PPC? Cause I like what Maxime is saying. So, what are your thoughts um, on that? At the federal level, I wouldn't worry too much. And, I would, and the reason why I wouldn't worry too, I think we should focus right now on um, the conservatives in terms of them getting their new leader. We don't know who the leader is going to be. If it's going to be Pierre, if it's going to be Roman, if it's going to be Lesden, if it's going to be somebody else. Uh, we don't know who it's going to be. And we do know that when the lead, new leader becomes elected in a conservative party, they're going to start pushing for an election. So I think that our focus right now should actually be on the provinces and on the municipalities. So... Um, depending on the province that you're in, there may be an election coming soon and you may have to wait for an election in the next um, four years or so. In my case, in Ontario, we do have an election in June. It's a stone throw away. So the focus should be on the province. So right now, um, personally, I don't think that Ontario is going to be in a safe place after June. And the reason why I don't think so is because the, the, the minor political parties have been unable to work together to defeat Doug Ford as well as Andrea Horvath and Stephen Del Duca. Because best believe, Stephen and Andrea are working together to defeat Doug Ford. So there is a possibility that we might be facing an NDP government or a liberal government. But even if we do face a Doug Ford government, there's a possibility that he might reimpose the um the 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 mandates again after being elected so either way i think that ontario is in a very very bad place yeah. and i think that every other province on uh, alberta british columbia quebec uh, manitoba every, saskatchewan every other province should look at ontario right now as, a, as as the example for what not to do in terms of taking part in the political system so Find the minor political parties in your community and let them know that, hey, listen up. You guys can't hope to do this on your own. If you want to do this, if you want to get rid of these tyrannical politicians, you have to come together and let us support you. Us as in the people, as in the grassroots people. Otherwise, as you said, the votes are going to be split. Somebody mentioned New Blue. If New Blue... Ontario Party, Ontario Libertarian Party are contesting the same writing. The vote is split among the three plus Doug Ford. Uh, yeah, the, the, among, among the three plus Doug Ford's um, representative. So that's four different persons the vote mm -hmm. is split between. And that could result in Doug Ford's representative losing the election to an NDP candidate or to a Liberal candidate. Rather, if New Blue and uh, Ontario, Ontario Party or Ontario Libertarian Party were to come together and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to segment Ontario 
and we're not going to duplicate our politicians in writings, then that way people would have the ability now to decide properly who to vote for because they want to vote against Doug Ford. They want to vote against Andrea Horvath. They want to vote against Stephen Del Duca. Give them an opportunity to do so. Don't force them to split their vote and end up uh, bringing in the, the individuals they wanted to keep out in the first place. So for the best bet then mm -hmm. would actually now be the municipal elections that are coming up in, uh, um, I think, October of this year. So focus on that. So let me jump back to the federal government now. So after the conservative leader is selected, they are going to fight tooth and nail for an election. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I trust that as professionals that have been doing this for decades and with their advisors, they know exactly what to do to force an election. PPC. I understand the reason why you voted for PPC in the last federal elections. I support, your, I support you in doing that because O'Toole was not the right choice to lead Canada. O'Toole, in my opinion, was simply a tool for Justin Trudeau. So your vote for the PPC was the right vote. However, if we do get the right leader for the Conservative Party, I would suggest for now tabling the PPC. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but unfortunately, we would have to table the PPC and vote for the Conservatives. And then the next time around, that's when we prop up the PPC to take over from the Conservatives. Because mm -hmm. focus on the PPC right mm -hmm. now and, um, and ignore the Conservatives, we may end up splitting the vote again, uh, bringing in Jagmeet um, mm -hmm. like or Justin Trudeau again. We don't want that. So for Conservatives, let them yeah. win. We know that we have conservative um, politicians who are World Economic Forum um, youth leaders who are supporting the globalist agenda. We know that they are there. We know, right? But... Or they're just liberals in disguise. Yes, don't like worry sure. about that. Yeah. Let them win. Because when you <laughs> let them win, what you're doing is you're delaying the globalist agenda. You're delaying. Even if they do plan to bring it back, they're going to have to delay it for a while to make us feel happy until they think that we forgot about it. <laughs> that's that's how they operate, right? They wait until you forget, and then they bring you back the policies. So it's up to us not to forget. So when the next election cycle comes around, now that is when you vote PPC. It's funny that that mind game too, over the last two years, um, that burns people out. The constant news of, oh my God, I just heard the worst thing in the world. And then like, oh, okay, they backed off and it's not so bad. And going back and forth, that burns out people's adrenals to the point where they just stop looking, they just stop caring, they're fried. And what I have found is the best use of my attention. If, if you are on the side where you have woken up to what's going on, is I've taken my attention off of Telegram. I've taken it off of uh, like the constant news and I've put it on politics for a few reasons. One, I can do something about it. It's tangible. I can learn these bills. I can talk to my politician. I personally can't do anything about the new world order right now, yeah. but I can do things on the ground. So, and, and there's less, there's still drama obviously in politics, but it's, 
it's less extreme than thinking about the big, big, big things that I actually probably can't right? control. So as individuals, it might be difficult, uh, might be overwhelmed, right? But uh, you have um, Carla here to help you out. And I see, uh, where? I can't scroll. Oh, there we go. I see um, Trailblazer Media Group in the comment chat, in comment group, uh, comment, uh, sorry, in the chats. <laughs> so um, Trail, Trail Media is a great organization to help you out, um, to help you learn about um, politics and to help you understand politics. Because as a group that we can do this thing, we can't do it individuals and alone in silos. We have to come together in community groups to get this thing done. Yeah. That's right, yeah. I'm in that group, I'm in Sarah Swain's group, and we gather on Zoom talking about these things, helping each other understand these bills. And what people need to realize too, this is a marathon and there needs to be a lot of consistency because people are getting frustrated because they send their MPs an email, they get brave, they send the email, they don't get anything back and then they stop. We need to be on them consistently not just our own MPs, uh, like maybe you're in a conservative writing. We also need to get in like the ear of the NDP, the liberals. It's consistent. And it's been a few years of this where the people have forgotten. We're moving towards authoritarianism to, to, to uh, totalitarianism. Governments work for us. If they're not answering mm -hmm. you, get back on them. Harass the shit out of them. Sorry, I swore, but keep at it we are not the peasants we are not the serfs they work for us and if they're not doing their job we're going to make sure that they don't have one and people need to remember that they need to keep on going and they need to not like grab five of your friends and make them a pain in the ass too keep it going and the more that we can do things like this like this live meeting together in groups normalize talking about politics because talking about politics has been taboo who cares? The best thing about me talking on these platforms is the people that didn't want to hear it, they're gone. They're gone. And now everyone that's here actually cares. It's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Correct. Now I don't have to filter. Now I don't have to self-censor. Now I can actually not be fake and talk about these really, really important issues. It's the same with me. Everyone happening. who opposes what I say, they're gone. They've unfollowed me. They're not watching the live. They're not there. So I look at thing i look at this thing um like a war this, this right now we are in a war and in war you don't let your mm -hmm. your your enemy come into your circle right if it comes into your circle mm -hmm. they're able to disrupt things so let's say we're live right now and one of those persons come into the live and they start talking all of this nonsense what's going to happen is that they're going to distract you alive and they're going to distract persons who are watching and then instead of focusing on our conversation we're going to be focusing on defending ourselves against that person so it's best always ensure that the person within your circle are the are, are the person who are supporting your cause i know it sounds a way because some people would say but we need these people to hear what we're saying i understand that but bringing into your circle mm -hmm. at this time this late in the game is a bad idea sure maybe in 2020 in 2021 where people were a little bit confused they didn't know what was going on yes you can bring them in and try to explain to them and, and help them to understand 
but it's 2022. It's been two years. So the person who, who are, whose yeah. minds aren't aligned with yours right now, just cut them out of your thoughts and focus on the people who agree with you. Focus on... Well, and yeah, and I mean, just don't waste your time on the people that want to argue with you. So that's different. Like, keep people in your circle. There are going to be people that, like, genuinely want to know. And you'll know because they're not, like, dicks about it. They, can, they might disagree, but they actually are like, why do you think this way? I'll spend my time with those people. But people showing up in my, like, DMs that I, all I see is, like, yeah. Marxist indoctrination. Like, I, I can tell they, they're here to troll they're not getting any of my time. That's just a waste. That's just a waste of energy. Yeah, Don't spend right? your time and there. It's, and, it's, and it's not even that. Not, so the thing is, you know, it's okay for people to not agree with you. It's just that some folks come in and <laughs> they, that they strongly attack your way of thinking. And then when you don't think the way that they think, they call you a racist or they call you a misogynist or they call you a bigot. They try to find everything possible to silence you, to shut you down. And they try to find every single way to gaslight you. You don't in the conversation. That's right. It's too late in the game right now <laughs> for, for, them, for them to enter and for them to cause you know, all of this disruption. No, and none of this stuff is hidden. The big picture things are happening. It's right there in front of your face. And like you said, we are at war. And that is important to understand because you should not be upset about someone on your social media. Who cares? Your friends want to leave you because you believe this? Fine. Okay. Because we're at war. That is such a petty and small thing. It actually just doesn't matter. And again, speaking up and allowing those people to fall away is the best thing for you. Especially, look at the bills that they're creating right now. Snitch bills. They're creating snitch bills. Do you want people in your life that will snitch on you? I don't. I want, like, let those people out themselves. Let them, like, you do not want those people around you if they're like, oh, I don't know. Carla might put something on her Facebook uh, that might be anti-government. I'm going to call her in. I don't want right. to Somebody, so, uh, yoga, yoga says, um, Justin, I guess Justin Trudeau with the, um, the MEP that was telling Justin to, to please spare us your presence. So whenever, whenever you encounter somebody like that, just say, please spare me your presence. <laughs> right? That mm. made, I was so happy this week. There was, I think, four MPs that told him that to his face, mm -hmm. you are a dictator. You have no place in this house. You run over little old ladies with horses. Who are you to come and talk to us about protecting democracy? And it's restored my faith in humanity, seeing that the world sees that. Not all Canadians might not, they might not see it, but and, and I don't want you guys to feel God. bad about telling these people to spare you their presence because they've been, you've been spearing them your presence this whole time. Remember, <laughs> for two years, they've been shutting down your Instagram account. They've been they've been banning you on Facebook. They've been silencing your voice for two years. You have not been a part of their conversation for two years. So it's only fair that they not be involved in your conversations. So I hope I made you feel better about doing it. <laughs> 
Trailblazer says the EU felt right? like an early birthday present. And it's not just the EU as well. They're, so like the Ecuadorian, um, I don't know, Ecuador has a president, right? Not a prime minister, it's a president, right? But, so the Ecuadorian president actually came out against Justin Trudeau too, right? So he said that, isn't this the same country that has been schooling us on um, democracy and on fundamental human rights and freedoms? And now they're out um, sending police to beat up peaceful protesters, um, to trample protesters with horses, to shut down bank accounts. So the Ecuadorian president is calling out the hypocrisy in these so-called um, Western nations within NATO. So it's not just the European uh, Union. There are other politicians out there who have been uh, calling out Justin Trudeau and Christian Freeland and their um, totalitarian regime. Mm -hmm. I'd like to mention something because this turns a lot of people off and it, and it gets a lot of people disengaged with the material. When we mention things like this is fascism and we talk about the Nazis, we talk about uh, Germany, people get furious and they disengage and they say, how dare you? What's important in this conversation is we're not comparing today to the end of World War II. We are comparing it to the beginning and we're not actually even comparing it. This can just be yes. its own horrible thing. It can be its own horrible thing. But what's important to study and to understand is the beginning steps of how socialism took over in 1940s. What's important to understand is Marxist theory. What's important to understand is who actually are your leaders. Like a lot of the people that are creating these ideologies, if you see where they came from, they come from Marxist beginnings. They were the leaders of communist parties who left because it wasn't left enough for them. That's who's creating our school programs. That's who's creating a lot of our, like the anti-freedom protests. Communism isn't mm -hmm. far left enough. That's so the so here's how I like to explain it. Um, Nazism versus fascism. So Nazism is fascism. So, so when I make a comparison between today's fascism and yesteryear's Nazism, not Nazism, I'm comparing the systems. I'm not comparing the atrocity. So Nazism resulted in an atrocity where um, Jews, um, the, the lives of Jews were destroyed, um, Jews were killed. Um, you know, all of these things happened, right? But in today's system, the atrocity hasn't happened yet. We don't know yet what atrocity will happen. I don't know. Are they going to put unvaccinated in ovens? I don't know. I don't think so. Are they going to um, line us up and, and shoot us on the walls and in public? No, I don't think so. I think they're moving to some, car, some, some more, a, a form of a sophisticated atrocity. <laughs> Something more sophisticated. Maybe they exclude you yeah. from society where you, um, you can't get groceries, you can't eat, uh, you can't go to work, you can't travel. Um, something um, that creates a systematic problem that relegates you to a third, a, a, a third class in society, right? So when we compare um, fascism yeah. of 2022 to Nazism of the 19, what, what is it, 40s, 40s? Was it the 40s? Yeah, the year. Yeah, right. So when we can compare it to then, we're actually comparing the system and not necessarily the persons who are targeted in it.
That's right. And and this is why the mandates are a problem. The mandates are a big enough problem for just this thing on its own. But the biggest problem with mandates is if you say yes to this, you will say next yes to the next thing, which is what happened in 1940. You make tiny little gains on the people. And we know some of the things that will be mandated next because they're talking about them. The CEO of Pfizer says openly in his interviews that now they have a swallowable microchip pill that will enforce compliance. It'll tell someone whether or not you took your medicine. We have the technology to control people by microchipping brains that Elon Musk has created. It'll, it can make you an amazing surgeon. Great, what else can it do? If it can make you a surgeon, what else can it do? We have people in Sweden putting microchips in their hand. And I'm sorry, like people are so checked out. If you sell this thing and you say, hey, why, you gotta carry around your phone, this QR code, it's kind of burdensome. Why don't we yeah. just put your code in your body? You can play your favorite Spotify songs, you can call your friends every, like, the the useless class of people that likes things easy will just be like oh mm -hmm. okay and that's and that's <laughs> the road that easy. we're heading to um <laughs> you know i watched black mirror before all of this and um what i watched on black mirror was crazy mm -hmm. but then uh you know 2020 happened and then black mirror just flashes back into my mind and i'm like oh my god uh, everything that black mirror said is literally happening happening right now social credit score chips yeah. Uh, um, internet. What, what do they call it? Um, uh, the 3.0 internet, which is um, uh, uh, virtual reality. Because what people don't understand, you see, this uh, education, this type of education system that they had, where kids were staying home and um, been online schooling, they're going to have um, a virtual form of that when you're where your kids be home with the mm -hmm. uh, the device over their faces, and they're going to be sitting in their chair at home, and they're going to be classmates next to them mm -hmm. and we're going to have this virtual form of classrooms and that's what's going to you see and go yeah yeah we'll be safe you, you will be safe and yeah. you never have to travel again you can stay in your apartment and you can wear this device like it sounds so ridiculous as i say it out loud yeah. and that's exactly what they're doing keep the people complacent keep them dumb and what's the worst part about these systems is what people don't understand. You can't vote your way out of fascism. Once it's here, it's here until there's like a massive violent revolution. You can't just, oh, we'll just vote. Oh, you know what? We should have voted for Jean Charest, actually. Let's yeah, get out you, of here. You, you, you can't vote way. out of fascism. You can only fight your way, your way out. As we saw um, with, with Italy, we saw it with Germany, we saw it with every single country that had fascism. You have to fight your way out. That's the sad thing, and that's what we're trying to avoid. So, which is why today, whenever somebody comes to me and tells me that, uh, no, uh, we shouldn't be using the political system, or we're wasting our time using the political or electoral system, I tell them to go away. Because if we don't use it right now, then we're going to be forced to do something later. And I don't want that. I don't want us to be forced um, to engage um, in violence, right? I want us right now today to stand up for our values, stand up right now and, and, and vote the right way. Because if we don't do this and we end up engaging in violence, that means that we fail as a society. It's not the government. 
fail. It's not the work left mm -hmm. that failed. It is us that failed to do what was necessary to prevent it from happening. Well, Devin, we have a lot of people on this live. Who should they all vote for? What's that? Who should, who, should... who should they all vote for? I, so, <laughs> I, I personally don't like to tell people who to vote for. <laughs> I, I try not to do that. because So I will tell you that I support Roman Baber. I would like to see Roman Baber becoming the prime, the prime, the prime minister of Canada. I would love to see that, but some other people would love to see Pierre, or some folks would love to see Leslin. But at the end of the day, all of us here actually want the same thing. So if Leslin becomes the leader, or if Pierre, or if um, Roman Baber, it's up to us, regardless of who we wanted to be the prime minister, to hold them accountable. Don't keep on it. If Roman becomes prime minister, if Pierre, Leslie, or whoever it is become prime minister, don't go to sleep. <laughs> don't go to sleep because your preferred leader won. Keep your eyes wide open because politics at the end of the day is politics. Even if I, some of you trust me, uh, some of you trust Carla, let's say that one of us became the prime minister of Canada tomorrow. Don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes wide open. Who knows? Carla might get blackmailed. I might get blackmailed and I might be hinting to you, hey guys, I'm being blackmailed <laughs> because, because your eyes are closed. You're not seeing that I'm hinting something to you. And leaders do that. Sometimes leaders, their hands are tied and they're hinting to you, hey guys, something's wrong over here and I want you to see that something's wrong. I can't speak up because if I speak up, then John F. Kennedy. I would run this place like a dictator. I'd be like Kim Jong Il over here, like my way or the highway. Right. <laughs> right? So, so, what's that? But I would clean things up. Right. Yeah. But we, I would clean right? things up. So, so we, so we have to keep our eyes open, right? And don't drop our guard mm -hmm. at any moment in time. No, no, don't celebrate that the mass went away. Like it, it's, it's temporary. Um, they're just doing it because there's an election coming up. And notice the people that are brave. Notice that Randy Hillier is going to jail right now because he was brave enough. Look at Roman Baber. Like these guys were willing to get kicked out of parliament. They were willing to do almost anything. You have people that were willing to go to jail. By the way, if you go to jail for mischief, you're not actually doing any crime, okay? So anyone that thinks that there's actually like real terrorists in the freedom movement, like give your head a shake. So if all we need to do to be brave is speak out loud, and I'm not saying you don't have to talk politics to everyone all the time, but who cares if someone is uncomfortable? Who cares if you lose a client? When I first started talking, I lost like most of the people around me, friends, my parents were horrified, tons of clients. I'm surrounded by more people, more clients, more friends than I ever have. And yeah, it kind of sucked in the beginning. It was kind of scary, but I can look myself in the mirror now. And this is important. This is not, we're not fighting for mass. This is like changing the trajectory. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for my children, right? Those are who I'm fighting for. Mm -hmm. And um, I've never been one to hold back um, who I feel. I guess I was lucky because um, Doug Ford 
um, Doug Ford's policy came at a time when my business was starting to go up. So he his policy came came in and just shut everything down. So, you know, I had literally nothing to lose. <laughs> so, uh, well, technically, I did have something to lose, which was my job. But <laughs> I, I, I still spoke up yeah. because I'm speaking for my children's future. Um, uh, 10 years is not very far away. In 10 years, my son is going to be 15 years old. He's going to have a mind of his own. So what mind is he going to have? Is he going to have the mind of the slave master or is he going to have um, the mind of the freedom fighter? So I have to stand up right now. I'm talking to you on this live. I'm talking on YouTube. So when my child becomes 15 years old, he can go on Carla's Instagram page. He can go on YouTube and he can see, his, see what his father thought. I don't know. God forbid something happens to me tomorrow. Um, God forbid I'm not here in this world anymore. This content is there as a lesson plan for what my children's father believed in, right? And that is what I'm most proud about, mm -hmm. that I was in Toronto um, talking with some um, Freedom Convoy um, protesters who were, who were calling us Nazi, and I responded to them and I, asked, and I asked them, where were you? Where were you for the last two years of my life when the government was infringing on my rights and properties. And you have no right to tell me who to associate with and who not to associate with. So we have to instill in our children. Nobody should be telling our children that because, oh my God, this guy that in your opinion, you think is a racist, you think is a white supremacist, you think is a Nazi without proof that, um, that you're, that, that, uh, you and I should not be associating with this person. It's the same with, um, what's her name? Christine Anderson. Is that her name? The MEP? The color. They're telling me that, oh, it's so sad to see you as a black man associating with a white wing extremist Nazi. And I'm like, huh, a white wing extremist Nazi. So let me go on her website. Uh, let, let, let me check out the website of her political party. Let me see what she believes. Let me watch her YouTube videos. When I found her YouTube videos on her, on, on her, on her um, website, it was all in German. <laughs> it was all in German. So I can't go to look for myself to see what she believed. I have to rely on third-party information from mainstream media. The same mainstream media that called me a free dumb convoy racist i'm not gonna trust you to tell me <laughs> that this lady is a nazi or a right or, or, or a right wing racist extremist i'm not gonna trust you i need to hear it from her mouth in english <laughs> or, or yeah or for some all of it is german speaking to all translate everything she said to me and that's the only way i'm going to believe that this lady is a right wing racist, extremist, Nazi. And they, they said that in, in one line. And if anyone feels alone in this, like I, I, some people reach out to me that feel like completely alone, like every single friend is against them. Go to the protests, go to the protests. Cause I felt like that before I went to my first one and you're gonna see, feel and hear with, your, with all your senses you'll know where to stand. Because when you go to those protests, it is the most loving, united, high vibe thing you've ever seen. Black, white, gay, straight, unvaccinated, vaccinated, 
Um, there'll be Christian prayers followed by indigenous smudging and we're all together loving each other, accepting of different personal choices. And then across the street, there'll be five anti-freedom protesters screaming hate and go away. And you can just, you could cut a line in the air between Let love and you guys, when you're there. Freedom Convoy did a better job at uniting Russians and Ukrainians than the US, Canada, uh, Ukraine, and Russia combined. I met more Ukrainians and Russians Romanians, plenty of Eastern Euro Europeans at Freedom Convoy than I have met elsewhere and that I have met my entire life. Freedom Convoy united communities, indigenous, as you said, um, gay, straight, whatever you are, you were there at Freedom Convoy. Mm -hmm. uh, Elon, it seems as if Freedom yeah. Convoy was the real government because that, that, that event did a better job of bringing citizens together in um, for a common cause. Of course, we might not all have the same um, political ideologies or philosophies, but still, it brought us together to do one thing. And that one thing was to fight for the freedoms that we thought we had <laughs> before 2020. Mm -hmm. And this this is why it's being smeared and this is why people are being jailed without any reason this is the most dangerous thing possible for trudeau is people coming together peacefully people being brave enough to speak out even when they're going to get cancelled and attacked from all sides showing up together in love and unity no matter what like we missed a beautiful chance that anyone that thinks that this movement was dangerous this was canada's most peaceful protest it lasted 21 days well it's still going on it's every saturday all over canada 21 days not one injury or violent crime not one and we're seeing cbc admit to all that very quietly not everyone's noticing unless you're paying attention this is powerful mm -hmm. and they're scared they're and they have a right to be scared right now. because if the right government, um, if right person becomes the premier or becomes prime minister, there's going to be an investigation. And if there's an investigation, I would like to see criminal charges laid. So they have a right to be afraid. I can't wait for the summer. Protests <laughs> are going to be lit. I'm getting in my car, driving all the way to Ottawa. Like, we've been protesting in minus 35. Wait yeah. till the weather nice yarn i'm bringing my camper my tent my barbecue it's like, gonna be fun so apart <laughs> so on canada day weekend i heard that there's some folks are going up up to ottawa on that weekend so if folks really are going there um as a part of a freedom convoy then i will definitely be in ottawa on um on uh, canada day weekend like what's the best day to fight for canada than on that day right so mm -hmm. yeah. can't wait so, <laughs> Thanks for having me, Carla. Um, is there yeah, great talk. I could talk for hours. That was fun. Um, yeah, let's do it again. Um, if you're on my account, um, follow Devin. He's got lots of great things to say. And if you guys like these talks, if you want to learn more, send us a DM. Let us know like what your questions are, what you'd like us to talk about, because it's important to keep the conversation going and normalize 
this normalize talking openly about things yes, that they're telling definitely. you not to talk about and if you're if you're here from my page please click the the names at the top left and you can follow carla carla will be releasing more videos uh about uh what to do in regards of uh, in regards to the upcoming federal elections or in regards to provincial elections so she's going to be educating you on how to be the the um the citizen's example of um a politician <laughs> because you have to be a politician if you want to understand exactly what is going on in this world mm-hmm. i just might join that conservative race you might see my oh, name oh, thrown in the hat okay, too we'll okay. see <laughs> things are getting interesting i love it <laughs> good <laughs> Uh, awesome, Devin. Thank you for well, having thank me. You so much. So, enjoy the rest of your evening, and bye, everyone. And thank you guys for tuning into the stream. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Bye.